Hey, Philly, are you doom scrolling? Well, cut it out. There's a better way to get your news. Philadelphia's local news podcast is called The John Cast. Check out The John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. We've done numerous podcast episodes on the changes the last couple of years have led to in the workforce, the types of jobs people want to do, what people want out of a job, and where they want to do it. Well, the global data intelligence company Morning Consult recently released a report that analyzed how the workforce and its expectations have changed since the pandemic began. We wanted to dig into this report and talk about what it means for employers and more. So we caught up with Joanna Piacenza. She is the head of industry intelligence for Morning Consult. So to start, just kind of talk to me what the goal was of this project. What were you guys looking at? Yeah, so we understood that employers, you know, folks looking to open up their physical offices in the next few months, they had a a Herculean challenge ahead of them, right? They're dealing with a workforce that looks different than it did two years ago. Our values, our priorities have changed. So we, we kind of wanted to start fresh. We wanted to take a fresh look at kind of what are the new workers in our new normal. Um, so we, we pulled about 3,500 employed U.S. adults about their priorities, about their values, about what they want um, out of work. And that's, that's what the results of this report show. For you, as someone who has seen all the data, gone through all this, helped develop it, uh, what's the headline for you? What was the biggest wow moment in in all this for you? I think the biggest wow moment is that I think a lot, I have a lot of conversations about, um, you know, okay, so what's the what's the one takeaway I should have from this, or what's the one piece of advice that you would give to employers who are looking to bring back? workers into a physical workplace. And unfortunately, I have bad news to deliver. And that is there is no one solution. Simply tacking on hybrid or remote as work options, even if you can do that as a company, it's it's not going to necessarily yield the results in more job satisfaction, a better work-life balance. I think the big takeaway for me, unfortunately, for employers is that every workforce is different. And we were able able to kind of piece out these these five groups, Um, but they're going to be completely different based on different industries, based on different regions of the country. Uh, So I think my one big takeaway is is you've you've got to know your workforce uh, a lot better. Yeah, and one of the the points, and we've had this discussion with other people in, you know, kind of more of a philosophical discussion in pods we've done, uh, that the great resignation is kind of, I don't know if lazy is the word, but it's just kind of thrown around that, well, we're having worker shortage, all these people are leaving and we're not used to this. So, but it as you point out, the great resignation is actually a great reprioritization. And it just seems like Americans, a lot of them, have taken this time of a pandemic and all this upheaval to kind of take a deep breath and look at things and go, what's important to me? Absolutely. That's a a fantastic way to put it. And, you know, I can't take credit for 
the term great reprioritization. I think that was was someone on my team um, who helped with the report. But you know, of course, we saw layoffs during the pandemic, and we see that in our data. About eleven percent of respondents said that they were permanently laid off during the pandemic. But what's interesting is that we're seeing slightly higher numbers for kind of employee-led decisions. So switching to a different industry, we're seeing 12% do that. Voluntarily quitting or resigned, 14% of respondents said they did that during the pandemic. And 16% of people said they started a new job. You know, Of those who left, of the 14% of workers who said they left their job, since the pandemic begun, you know, they voluntarily left. The most cited reason was a toxic work environment. So they're leaving because they're looking at their work-life balance. They're looking at their work environment and saying, hey, this is not healthy for me right now. I'm going to leave and, and, and possibly find a new job, but I'm just going to exit this environment. So a big reprioritization here. And you guys, you referenced this earlier, but you kind of break down the five types of workers that we see now in our our new normal. And I'm fascinated by this because I don't know that if you and I talk in 2019, anybody takes the time to look at a workforce like this, but kind of break down these five types of workers that you we find now. Yeah, that's so interesting. There is kind of a lens right now on who is the workforce, what is driving them, what are their priorities, and I think most importantly, what is going to send them towards the door, what's going to send them to another employer. Uh, So we ran a segmentation analysis, otherwise known as a cluster analysis, to find out who are new workers in our new normal. And they're based, again, on work priorities, you know, things that folks value at work. Um, so we found five groups, um, and these are some of my favorite profiles there. I've gotten to know them quite well over the last uh, few months. Uh, so we have minimalists. Uh, minimalists don't expect much from their work. Uh, they are most likely to be salaried. Um, they skew slightly male, slightly more tenured. Um, these are the second most likely to have dependents. About 62% have a child under 18 Um, And minimalists feel pretty underpaid. Uh, They want a better work-life balance. They suffer from burnout. A majority are interested in leaving their current job. Uh, Then again, you know, they don't prioritize a huge sense of meaning or pride in their career, yet they're they're fairly satisfied with their jobs. Um, So these are folks that kind of... uh, Again, they don't they don't need much from from their jobs. Uh, they just kind of show up, they do the work, and and that's that. And then you've got the transactionalists. Yes, transactionalists. Um, so the transactionalists view their professional lives uh, truly as that as more transactional. Um, so their indifference to work it isn't necessarily antagonistic, right? That sounds a little bit antagonistic, but it's not. It's only because this cohort tends to be a little bit younger. Um, they're more likely to be part-time, um, and they don't necessarily prioritize career growth right now. Um, they're the least likely to have benefits, highest share of Gen Z adults. 
and they tend to not have dependents again because of their young age. These are folks really early on um, in their career, and they aren't necessarily folding their career into their personal brand. Aspirationalists, because I want to dig into these because we've actually done a couple of episodes where we've talked about how there's this this generation or this like this group that really wants kind of their belief system, their company, their their job to to kind of adopt their belief or have a lot in common, uh, kind of break down this group. Yeah, these are these are the millennials. <laughs> um, aspirationalists are are really in love with their careers. Their career is a huge part of who they are as a person, and they see their careers as really a means of making a real impact on the world. Again, as you said, they're drawn to to employers with strong cultures, really clear and lucrative career paths. Um, They are the most likely to be millennials, um, have dependents, so kind of young millennial families. They skew more salaried and they're slightly more tenured. Um, They do tend to work in person. Now, when I describe this profile, probably especially compared to minimalists and transactionalists, this might seem like the most desirable employee um, for employers out there, but they expect a lot from their employer. Um, They expect really strong uh, DEI strategy. They expect really wonderful compensation and benefits. They expect a really strong brand culture, um, good work-life balance, and if that employer doesn't meet those goals, you know they're they're out of there. Traditionalists, like I mentioned, uh, with transactionalists, traditionalists embrace a more traditional um, approach to work. Uh, these folks are more likely to be hourly and work in person. Um, their intent to leave their job is kind of the lowest of any group. Uh, they should sound to you a little bit like transactionalists, but they have two important differences between traditionalists and transactionalists. Um, traditionalists tend to be a little bit happier uh, with their jobs, higher job satisfaction, and they're also more highly tenured. So they're an older group. They tend to be, or they tend to be at their job for a, a longer period of time. Um, again, their intent to leave is um, is below that of um, an av- of an average group. Uh, so these are folks who are quite content with their jobs. Um, they enjoy an in person experience. Uh, you know, a more traditional nine to five. And then the final group, the lifestylists. Now, I whenever I'm thinking of these profiles, I like to close my eyes and imagine kind of who these people are and where they are. I always think of the lifestylist living somewhere in Colorado, right? So they uh, work to enable their lifestyle, um, whether that's their personal priorities or hobbies. Uh, that is what work is to them, a way to fuel kind of that lifestyle that they're trying to attain. Um, they're the only group that skews more male or excuse me, more female than male. Um, they're the most likely to be remote or mixed tenure. Um, they're slightly more likely to be hourly and they tend to not have dependents. So they don't necessarily have a family uh, to take care of. This group is is the most sensitive to changes around remote work. 
So if they're remote right now and you're asking them to come into the office, you can expect job satisfaction to go down. Um, they're also have a, a keen eye for an uncompetitive compensation package. We need to take a break here and we will have more with Morning Consult's Joanna Piacenza right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Morning Consult's Joanna Piacenza. With the description of the five groups, uh, your work showed that traditionalists have the biggest piece of the pie, but then it seems like it, the other four are almost all in the same range. Am I correct? Yeah. And this was kind of done really unintentionally. We, we didn't uh, feed the segmentation analysis based on certain drivers. We kind of just wanted to see what groups were shaped by the analysis. So we use some AI in this, um, but traditionalists do make up kind of the largest share of our worker ecosystem and everyone else is around kind of 15, 16% of the total workforce. Now this is kind of an all adults and all employed workers look at the data. Of course, this is gonna differ industry by industry, uh, region by region. Um, if you tend to have maybe an older workforce um, on staff, it's gonna look a little bit different compared to a younger workforce. And I'm curious, and I don't know if you can draw this from the data, but you've got five groups here. Are there any groups that, for the most part, have been born over the last two years that maybe the circumstances wouldn't possibly even have existed if you and I are talking in 2019? Are any of these groups kind of uh, a new concept, if you will, in the mainstream? God, that's such a good question. Um, and I think I think my answer to that would be the lifestylist group probably became more emboldened, probably grew slightly over the last two years, truly because where we work, kind of the physical restraints of that, those have expanded for a lot of Americans. So folks who maybe weren't necessarily lifestylists uh, found themselves nudging more towards that category. And now that we're, you know, over, we're on year three of this pandemic, you know, we've gotten folks that have gone remote or folks that have gone hybrid, they're really getting used to a lot of this newfound freedom and choice in terms of where they work. And that's, you know, that's one of the pieces of advice that I find myself giving to a lot of employers is, you know, be mindful of that. Be mindful that, um, you know, you can't put it back. You can't put it back in the box. You can't necessarily take away um, something that folks have gotten used to and shaped their lives around for the last two years. To that point, do you think a lot of employers are prepared to deal with multiple groups of people like this going forward and are the ones that don't kind of understand that their workforce is going to have multiple needs on multiple fronts or multiple ways that they look at the job? Are they almost destined to be left behind? Yeah. You know, one of the reasons we did this segmentation analysis is because the traditional demographic breaks or groups that we, you know, within polling tend to rely on age, income, uh, party ID, 
a community? What kind of community do you live in? We didn't necessarily find them as helpful as the drivers within this analysis. So, you know, what's the most important to you? Work-life balance, compensation package, benefits. So the reason I say that is because I don't think that employers can rely on those demographic differences, that those demographic pieces of knowledge that they have of their current workforce. They need to be gauging internally, what are the things that drive you at work? Where are your values at? How have they shifted over the last few years? And my instinct, if if workers are, are anything like uh, you know myself and people in our poll and folks that I've talked to, a lot has happened over the last few years. People want to talk about it. They want to talk about it with their employer. They want to give that feedback in terms of this is something that wasn't important to me a few years ago, and now it's really important. I've seen, you know, my priorities and values have shifted. So to kind of answer your question, I'm not sure that a lot of employers are prepared because they're relying on uh, demographic breaks that aren't necessarily as informative as the drivers in this analysis. And one data point I want to flag for you is that 24%, roughly one quarter of employed adults in the U.S. told us that they plan to leave their current job and find a next job or new job in the next year. One quarter of the workforce plans to leave and find a new position. And that varies by our groups. Um, Lifestylists are the most likely to, to be looking for another job. But that's a number that should grab a lot of employers' attention. They want to keep that one quarter of their workforce. I'm curious overall, because we talked about the groups and the expectations and where they work is is a lot of that. Uh, for the most part, I know you guys looked at this, you know, if given their the opportunity, do people want to return to the workplace and how have those numbers kind of changed over time? Yeah. So these were some kind of scene setting figures that we put in the report. We've been asking about workers' desire to return to work to the workplace or you know how comfortable they feel for more than a year. Um, and one of the things that we found is that fewer than half of full-time remote workers want to return to the office. Now, In contrast, we're seeing an uptick in the share of workers who say they feel comfortable going back to the office. Now, remember, most offices close because of safety concerns, because of people feeling uncomfortable with sitting near and being around people. Comfort with, with being around others is on the rise, but there's been a decline among those who want to return to the office, right? That's again, those realizing that they can have a better work-life balance, you know, their values have shifted over the last few years and they don't necessarily want to make that commute back into the office. And it's interesting, this data, plus I think we're seeing a lot of things kind of coming together here. We are seeing, you know, people reevaluating what their work life balances or what they want to do with their life or where they want to do it. We're seeing also, and this is separate, not anything we've talked about, but I think it's kind of tangential. 
uh, a rise in organized labor. We are seeing a lot of things seem to come together where not that anyone would want to go through this again, and it's been awful on so many levels. But one of the things, if you and I are talking 10 years from now, that we experienced kind of a renaissance period or a really special period for the American worker where they got more power, more power. There was a little bit of a self-correction on the power dynamic with management, and we were able to kind of adjust our lives where people were happier. Now it's a rocky road, nothing ever, it's not a straight line up. But uh, am I crazy for feeling like we are really in a in a really interesting time here for labor? No, you are not crazy. Um, this is definitely um, a worker's job market. Um, there has been, as you said, a slight shift in the power dynamic. Now, you're also correct that nothing is ever really in a straight line and something will come along and and uh, not course correct, but shift things again. But right now, workers have a lot more control than they did a few years ago. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of that in the data in this report um, is kind of folks flexing this newfound power and choice that they have. And do you think, and this kind of goes back to the, you know, our employers ready for this. Um, do you think that, you know, and it's not all corporate America, but there is starting to be a realization of this and an, an understanding of what, I don't want to say what they're up against, but what they're going to have to deal with now? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges that employers face right now is what exactly does hybrid or flex mean to them? Because I do think that a lot of corporate America and a lot of companies out there right now are adding on flex or hybrid as an option. But what specifically does that mean? Does that mean we're coming in a few days a week? Does that mean everyone is coming in on the same day? What are the tasks that we can complete at home, somewhat in isolation? And what are the tasks that we need to complete as a team in a physical workplace together? Is everyone comfortable in that physical workplace together? There are so many question marks right now over, over all these things. Um, and again, I keep coming back to this is that employers really need to talk to their employees about what specifically they need. I know that we've all probably filled out those internal surveys, um, from our employers about what do you need? What do you want? Employers need to keep asking, um, you know, what are, what are your values and how have they changed? That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.